Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Patrick Hamilton, GC Head of Administration. How are you doing, Patrick? Hello, nice to meet you, Ronan. Likewise. Okay, yeah. I hope you're doing well. I am, and I hope you are too. Yes, thank you very much. Good. Now, before we start, tell me a bit about your background so we know a bit about who you are. So I'm Patrick Hamilton. I'm Irish and British. I was born in Edinburgh. I've got family in Donegal, Wexford, and in Mullingar. Um, brought up in England. I'm now the head of administration at the European GNSS Agency with its headquarters here in Prague. And what does GSA do? So the GSA, the European GNSS Agency, its primary mission is to link space with users. And what this means in reality is that we are ensuring that there is services provided end-to-end for a European system called Galileo, which is the European GPS, or as we prefer to think, the uh, Americans will soon be calling uh, GPS the European um, Galileo, if I've got that the right way around. Um, And uh, we are as well operating something called EGNOS, which is uh, offering an augmentation service to um, currently GPS and soon Galileo to make sure that aeroplanes can land safely, as an example. We are an EU agency doing this. So you mostly work as like car sat-navs, for example. So there are many, many applications for satellite navigation, certainly the ones which uh, which the general public is most familiar with are sat-navs or with um, uh, smartphones. And we have now for Galileo, we have globally, we have over 1 billion users of Galileo. So there are more than 1 billion chipsets making use of Galileo. Um, but there are a whole set of other applications as well, for example, for increasing efficiency in agriculture for with Galileo for search and rescue, for increasing safety at sea. Um, we have, have as well a, a service for governmental users, for example, for fire services yeah. to, to improve things. So there are many, many applications which we might not be commonly aware of. Yeah. And one thing, talking about thinking of Brexit, how is the UK going to going to be able to do their satellite navigation if they're no longer in the EU? Well, the, well, this will ultimately, of course, be for the the UK to decide, and we have to see what will come in terms of the uh, final agreement if there yeah. if there is one. Um, it, but it is clear that until there is an agreement, the UK will not have uh, access to the full set of the Galileo services, but they will, as any users of Galileo all over the world, be able to make use of the, the open service. How they will then answer their, yeah. uh, their needs for governmental purposes, uh, I, I don't know. We, yeah. I don't think that, I'm not sure they know either, but we, we will see. Yeah, because I know they tried to do a, a, another service early, earlier in the year, but then I realised it, w- it wouldn't work. So I guess basically we have to just wait and see. I, I would think so. Yeah. This will be for the, the UK. Now tell me a bit more about the GSA and the strategic importance of EU space as an EU asset for innovation, growth and sustainability. So the, the GSA is what is called a decentralised agency of the European Union. 
So I think it's worth highlighting that the, the GSA is different to ESA, the European Space Agency. Yeah. Um, it is a, a body financed by the by the European Union, and the the Commission, the European Commission, is responsible for something called the EU Space Policy, and this has three principal elements to it. One, to meet the, the key societal challenges which the EU faces and where space programs play a particular role in, and space data especially, in answering questions related to, for example, natural resources, consumption, safety and security, climate change. Yeah. Another key element would be jobs and industrial growth. I mean, today in the European Union, we have over 200,000 jobs um, related to space operations and downstream services. So the downstream being the applications part. And this is worth more than 50 billion euros a year to the EU economy. And then indeed, there is the, the ensuring the EU autonomy and this is meaning that as society, as the public, as governments are so dependent on the space-based services, whether it is for positioning and navigation and timing information or for Earth observation um, uh, services, then the EU and its member states and its citizens need to be able to ensure that these services are provided by uh, infrastructures owned and operated within the EU and by the EU so that there isn't, there isn't someone or some other country able to decide to, for example, not allow access to such services, which may be deliberate. It can also be accidental as well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big nasty person with a button to turn off the services. There could simply be a technical malfunction. But we cannot afford as the EU to be reliant on such a, a second uh, foreign uh, body when our economy and our society and citizens day-to-day -day are so reliant on such such services. Yeah, and I guess at times, if you're reliant on a foreign body, they might di dictate policy as well, which you don't want to have either. Well, and th there is, I think there's the, this is a, a part of it, and I think there's as well a, a standardization element. So um, by this, what I mean is, if you, as the EU, bring something to the table with respect to, for example, um, a PNT, so for Galileo, this yeah. is what the EU brings to the table, then it gives the EU and the European Union and therefore its member states and its citizens a voice in discussions with the other players, such as the US, such as Russia, such as China, which otherwise they would not they would not be. And this is this is as well important because we are so dependent and we become more and more dependent on these services. It, it is important that we uh, we have a role, we have a say as, as as the European Union in this, and this is why it is valuable to each of the citizens of the the EU. Yeah, and I, can, I guess imagine that means you got to play a close role with ESA on certain things, like if you're not talking satellite, for example, that's when you link up closely with the ESA. 
So the, 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 I think it's a, it's, a good, it's a good question. So what, what's the difference between the role of the GSA, which is this uh, EU agency, and ESA, the European Space Agency, which is an intergovernmental yeah. body and is not part of the European Union and, of course, has a, an important uh, difference in, in membership. The, the, basic, the basic difference, and we are, we are careful here to make sure we make the most of the assets available within Europe as a whole, the, the basic difference, as, as I see it, is that the European Space Agency should be responsible for the many of the research and development activities related to the systems, so yeah. for Galileo, for Copernicus, which are the, the main EU uh, space programs today, and the GSA should be responsible for the, the service provision, which is meaning all of the operations, activities, all of the activities to ensure that the, the services which these systems, when operated, then actually provide. Them. So this would be the, this, this is what the articulation should be between yeah. the, the bodies. Because yeah, I, I know that the, uh, for, for years uh, the, the ESA weren't, weren't as uh, seen as, as, as big as NASA, but suddenly they've, they've actually uh, got bigger and better and the technology has improved and you, you don't see much anymore of an ESA rocket that, uh, that, that took off but didn't uh, function properly. That's the thing of the past. Well, uh, uh, for, for Ariane Space, and which are the, the, I mean, we rely on Ariane Space for yeah. all of the, the launch services for, 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 for Galileo and for Copernicus, they have a, they have so far an impressive uh, uh, success rate in terms of making sure the the satellites are deployed uh, as and when as and when is needed. Yeah. Uh, the European Space Agency is working very closely with them, and we are very closely also with the Commission, uh, making sure that we uh, build and deploy the satellites on time. And would you ever think of working with something like a like a uh, in America, with with a uh, SpaceX, or uh, also with uh, like Amazon, and also with uh, the guys behind Tesla as well. Yeah, yeah. So this, so Elon Musk. So yeah. this is a this is a a good a good question. So I think this relates as well to the um, the EU autonomy question which yeah. you were asking earlier. So and part of the the space strategy for Europe, which is one of the the key documents. Um, proposed, well, developed and uh, agreed by the Commission, I think it was in 2016. One of the key elements of this is actually reinforcing Europe's, so we should read here, the EU's autonomy in accessing space in a safe and secure environment. So let's, let's be clear, for, uh, as the example for Galileo, um, Galileo is an autonomous uh, positioning, navigation and timing system, yeah. autonomous compared to GPS or the Russian or uh, Chinese equivalents. But that autonomy needs to stretch through the whole of the supply chain. So it doesn't it doesn't quite work if we have an autonomous Galileo, but it relies on, let's say, uniquely on Russian launchers or uniquely yeah. on American launchers. So this would be... Um, I think where the, the 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 limitation might come, and as well there are important for Galileo. It is it's an EU asset. 
um, there is definitely for Galileo a security-related yeah. dimension, and with that security-related dimension come security requirements, and with those security requirements come various requirements related to um, the uh, the launch services where they are conducted from, for example. Yeah. Well, interesting because I was thinking right now NASA is now now more or less relying uh, relying on those two those two companies and also Russia to to for their for their space missions now. So I'm wondering if you guys ever thought if you were going to launch new small satellites, would you would you still would you still rely on the in the ESA or would you be looking further field for that? So well, we, we I think we have to see. I mean, so far for the. EU space program, we have Galileo and EGNOS yeah. as the navigation part. We have Copernicus as the Earth observation part. And then we have uh, two new, relatively new programs. So GovSatcom for governmental satellite communications and SSA, so space situational awareness for uh, tracking uh, objects in, in space and ensuring their safety and security. This is, this is the... Um, this is so far the the limit of what is the the EU uh, space activities, together with a set of research and development activities in support of these these space programs. Yeah, and would you ever do a joint program with NASA, for example? Like, if if for example, you want to do a a new space station in space or or a moon base, for example. So, I, well, let, let's be let's be clear here. So, the the EU space activities are very much focused on bringing space based services to users. Yeah. So there are no there are no uh, EU uh, uh, there is no EU mission to send people to the moon. Yeah. Well, there is no there is no EU mission to send people to to Mars. These would be activities which are. Perhaps are done by the uh, European Space Agency, and then I don't know if ESA works with NASA for this. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. The EU space activities are very much focused on practical, everyday applications to make sure we meet the key societal challenges which the EU and the EU citizens face day to day. It really is practical. And that we ensure the the jobs and the industrial growth which is needed. This the the part you refer to as the um, uh, which you might think of as perhaps the more sexy bit of, yeah. uh, of space is not part of the EU space activities. No, I guess basically if someone sees space, they they're thinking of the sexiest things like going in space and all that. Whereas you're dealing with the routine day to day stuff, which is basically. Making sure that we, we get basically satellite navigation and also at times you can use your satellites to, to check and see the weather and also climate change. So what we have, we have the the navigation part, we have the earth observation part. This is this Copernicus program with a, a set of different services. So there's a climate change service, a marine monitoring service an atmosphere monitoring service, a land monitoring service, a security service, and an emergency management service. For the um, meteorological satellites, this is also something which the EU is not doing today. This is with a different organization called UMETSAT, which you might uh, might have heard of. It's another intergovernmental organization, so we are not involved involved with that. Then there is GovSAPCOM, which is for governmental satellite communications yeah uh, 
And then finally, this uh, space situational awareness activity, which is for making sure with the assets we we have in space that they are not collided with each other, as an example, and for monitoring space debris. Yeah, because I can imagine. This is a new activity. Yeah, I can imagine right now there's a lot of debris in space from from over the years. So you got to make sure that that doesn't cause damage to anything up up space, or if it suddenly comes down in, in, into the earth, that you, you can tell people satellite or part satellite is going to be coming down to a certain part of the uh, part of Europe. Just be aware of this. Well, I mean, we are. Let's be clear for the for something called the next financial perspective, which is the 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 financial the, the budget which is planned for the whole of the EU from 2021 to 2027. Yeah. The the Commission has proposed a, a total budget of 16 billion euros. It, we will see finally what happens. I think the Council is proposing just over 13 billion euros for this seven-year period. With the big majority of this money, 9.7 billion for Galileo and Egnos, 5.8 billion for Copernicus, and then the remainder for GovSatcom and Space Situational Awareness. With this part of the, the SSA, it will be used primarily to make sure that the assets of Galileo and Egnos and the assets of Copernicus, that they are they are safeguarded. This would yeah. be one of the main the main purposes but we have to see it, it's um, we have the new uh, proposed uh, eu space uh, regulation eu space program regulation which we hope will come very soon with this new budget and with this new set of activities also for the uh, for the gsa which becomes the eu space program agency with this new uh, regulation um, we will have to see finally what is the, the budget and what are the activities we can we can do. Well, I'm thinking hopefully it's going to be used for good, like you'll be able to warn people about climate change. And if, for example, bad weather's coming, people know. Like well, right now in Italy and parts of France, we've seen what's going on with the, with the heavy rain. And if you can predict that, people will be able to prepare for this in advance. Yeah, so I think you're, you're, you're touching again on the, the link with the activities of UMETSAT and yeah. on the meteorological satellites, but certainly with Copernicus, with this atmosphere monitoring service, and with also the ability to, to monitor what is happening with climate change and marine monitoring, we can, we can see a whole set of things which are happening. And I think one of the most interesting things for this is, with, if we take Copernicus as an example, is just the sheer volume of data which is generated yeah. and which is freely available, which means that for all those uh, entrepreneurs, innovators, people with bright ideas out there, we have a, a gold mine of information which is available to be made use of. And here is the, this, here is really the opportunity for all of these innovators uh, based throughout, uh, throughout the EU. Because yeah, I imagine twenty years ago, that data wouldn't be easy to share because of of, of how much it was and technology we have. But nowadays, people cannot use it to make apps and do certain things, whereas they couldn't twenty years ago. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So there is now we have all of these. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how many, but we yeah. have uh, what are the the Copernicus Sentinels, which are the satellites. We have these deployed, and indeed for the for the GSA, which becomes this EU Space Program Agency. 
we will have a new task of making sure that the the data and information and the services offered by Copernicus that these are better used even than is the case today because I think I think what is important so as GSA we, we are interested in ensuring the services are provided end-to-end -end. yeah we really shouldn't underestimate the time and the effort which is needed to make sure that the applications are developed to make sure that we do make use really of the services which we have in place i think you'll be talking later with a couple of my colleagues with hannah spitzel yeah. and justina radelkiewicz so you will i expect you'll hear from them about some of the things we are doing for example we we've run we're running various prizes there's something called the my galileo solution which is open for uh uh, proposals until I think it was the 14th of October yeah. with a prize pot of nearly one and a half million euros so yeah. here's where we need all of your listeners to to be really thinking about uh, some of these bright ideas which we might be able to uh, make use of with for example the Galileo uh, system and services which are already provided since years now by the way yeah I think that's going to be great because in Ireland we have a thing every year called Young Scientists that's held every January and school kids get together and do projects and, uh, that are science-based and then some of them get to win a prize and then later on they get to become very, very famous. And years ago, one of the winners of these was uh, the Coston Brothers who now have got strike. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting scenarios like that. So I, I think well, what you're doing is very similar in a way and that we're going to see from that the uh, the new future scientists and new future whiz kids. I, I hope so. That's certainly the plan. Yeah. So uh, to be clear, it's not just about the uh, promotional element. So the promotional element is important. With the, the there's another uh, prize where we've it's now closed for entry. So we're evaluating what has been uh, proposed for something called the My Galileo Drone Prize, which yeah. is you might imagine is for. Uh, people with bright ideas to come up with uh, interesting applications for this. The first prize for this is a hundred k, hundred thousand euros. It is it is substantial. So it's not just a promotional element. Yeah. With this type of money, it really is about uh, as well not just having the bright idea, but developing it and being able to bring it to market. Because again, I uh, I think it's really important to stress the EU space activities are practical, they are down to earth, they are meant to make the difference and they do make the difference to the EU citizens. So here, this is a particular part to foster innovation and um, the activities uh, to ensure uh, entrepreneurship. Um, uh, but it's it's substantial uh, uh, sums of money we're talking about here. Yeah, and it's life-changing for you guys and also for the winners as well. Ah yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we we keep in contact with. Uh, we have run a number of prizes in the past. Um, we follow them closely yeah. because we are we are interested to to see how they how they do. We spend a lot of effort uh, on this, and it's this way that I think as as the EU we have world class systems and services in Galileo and Copernicus. And Egnos as well. Yeah, I think it is 
fair to say there is still some margin, there is still some effort to be made, or there is still some possibility, there is still some opportunity to be made in terms of all of the use of the data, all of the use of these services compared with some of our partners in the rest of the world. Right. Thanks for that, Patrick. And I know later in the week I'll hear more about these, these prizes and competitions from your other colleagues. So uh, have a great day and thanks for that great chat. Thank you very much, Ronan. Good right. to speak. Thanks.